I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome along to the Short Ball Rugby Pass Podcast. Scotty Stevenson and Mills Mulliayena joining you uh, this week as we look ahead to the second Bledisloe Cup contest, the second round of the Rugby Championship. Millsy, how bad, how bad, how bad were the Wallabies? Bad. Mm. Bad. bad. I mean, we're not talking bad as in the good sense, like the, the, the new oh, age not, kids not would say bad. It's bad. No, they, went, they went bad. No. They were bad. They were like shite. Yeah, they went Michael Jackson bad. <laughs> Mate, they were far from being Michael Jackson bad, I tell you right? that. Yeah, on a scale of Michael Jackson to Weird Al Yankovic, <laughs> I'm going Weird Al. They were Weird Al They've probably gone past, they've gone past <laughs> Weird Al. Past Weird Al. <laughs> they're down to the ketchup song. Uh, I don't understand what's going on there. Four weeks they had to prepare for that game. Uh, some people say... Maybe the four weeks off is the problem. No game time, mm. no footy, no competition, unlike uh, the vast majority of that all-black team who had played uh, semi-finals, finals footy and super rugby. I, I don't buy that. You've nah. got time. No, I don't buy, I don't buy that, that either. If anything, they had the better preparation. You know, four weeks of actually coming back and would have had a, a week or so to sort of digest what's, what had happened in um, super rugby. And then they're into it. You know, a, a sole focus on this one game, this, you know, being at home and get themselves off to a good start so they can actually try and win back the Bledisloe Cup. But instead, we just... Oh. The only thing that, the, the best thing about that first 40 from the Australians part was the stare down after the hucker. Oh, mate, they won the national anthem, hands down. Easy. Yeah, that's then, one of the greatest national anthem singing performances I've ever seen from a rugby team. But, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry. Like, then the whistle blows and they're custard. I know. It was just, it was just I think, um, I mean, we spoke about it a week or so ago, we're like, we actually want them to be competitive. I, I, I was sort of, you know, thought they might be a little bit better than that. But um, no, nah, they just, and I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen this weekend? You know, just, you know, the War Blacks being at home, they'll want to keep that cup. And so if anything, you know, they're probably going to come out better than what they were last week. Well, on the short ball today, we're going to discuss Bleeders like Cup action, first test reaction, and a look ahead to the second test as well. The South Africans getting off to winning ways as well. I'm a bit nervous about the Springboks. I think they could be the dark horses of this competition. We're also going to touch on the Mitre 10 Cup, New Zealand's provincial 
Championship is underway. Fantastic first round action from the Kiwi domestic competition and also the Women's World Cup. The finalists have fantastic, been, fantastic. Only because the Tani Fars won, right? Yeah, <laughs> Damn straight. The, hey, you can't just hey, cla- classify as hey, fantastic just because the Tani Fars hey, won, mate. Hey, that is our second win in two years. <laughs> Oh, you, you think I'm not going to get excited about that? Yeah, I suppose when you put it that way. They mate, were yeah. 23 points to 7 down. Well, they came back and won the game. Absolutely fantastic start to the Mighty 10 Thank Cup. you. Are you just upset because Waikato got hammered and your your, hey. your, your province of birth, Southland, got hammered? Oh, the Waikato, I thought they won. No, they didn't win. Oh, no, they got beat. Okay. They got beat. Damn. You know what, Nilsie? We, we can always talk about this from a New Zealand point of view, but uh, we're going to get hold of the J-Ball. Uh, one of the great Australian minds when it comes to rugby, Jabel Staunton, the voice of Queensland Club Rugby, uh, a noted hooker in his day, uh, and a man who lives and breathes well of his footy. And look, I, I can tell you, he was fairly disappointed. G'day, G'day Jabel. Sumo and Mills here. How are you, son? <laughs> Very well, guys. How are we going? Look, um, let's be honest, mate. Uh, you finished Saturday night in the fetal position, sucking your thumb, wondering how it all went so wrong. Uh, no, I wasn't wondering how it all went so wrong. I'm pretty much across it and know exactly me. why. <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> what went wrong, Jay Boy? Uh, well, I remember last week I said, how are the Wallabies going to win this one? I said the All Blacks <laughs> need to take them lightly. Mm. Um, yeah, they didn't take them lightly. I think they were stinging a bit, they were stinging a bit from the, uh, the Lions tour and came out and just gave the Wallabies what for as a result. So, <laughs> bloody hell. Yeah, I tell you what, your media spent the whole week talking about who the All Blacks had been shagging and they came out and humped you blokes. I mean, that's uh, oh, gotta be, that's got to be the most ironic thing of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's bloody terrible, is it? At least they're getting some play, I suppose. Hey, uh, Jay, well, in a serious point, though, I mean, defensively in that first half, I don't think I've ever seen a weaker Wallaby display, and it wasn't just the one-on-one tackling. They missed 22 of them in the first half. It was the entire defensive setup. Why have you got four blokes hanging on the short side defending one player? Is that just out-and-out laziness, or is that players who just can't get to grips with Nathan Gray's defensive setup? I honestly don't know. I mean, all you've heard, you know, since Saturday is, you know, what defensive structures are they playing? Because it seems that every set piece, it's different. You know, you've got Curtis Rona starting at 10, and then the next one, depending on where they are in the field, he might be at outside centre. And then it's just, I, I honestly am sort of trying to wrap my head around it. And the worst thing they can possibly do, though, is try and go back to something else. It's it's one of those things you're stuck in a bit of a catch-22. You've got to, I mean, you've trained together for a month now on these systems, you can't really try and change anything right now just because it didn't work out. It seemed almost as if they just met in the change rooms before the match and then ran out to try and play some footy together. So as long as they can sort of stick together doing their structures, I guess you've got to give it, you know, the time it warrants. But, you know, it's tough to sort of see it working, at least at these early stages, I suppose. I mean, Jay, Jay, well, do, you, do you take any confidence in that from that last... Do they take any confidence from that last sort of... 30 or 40 odd minutes in the second half. I mean, the positives for me really is actually Israel Falau. You know, I mean, he, I mean, how I got, I feel sorry for the guy. You know, they, they, he's, he's making inroads out wide. As hard as it may, may seem, he's probably the only positive you, you can actually take out of it. But can the Aussies actually take something out of that uh, last 30 or so minutes where they scored a few tries from, I suppose, the All Blacks' mistakes? Uh, I mean, it's tough to say because you can't help but think. 
you know, people say that the All Blacks never take their foot off the throat, but um, uh, that's uh, just a straight-up lie. Every team does it all the way from under-sixes yeah. up to, you know, yeah. the All Blacks yeah. nice. and Wallabies and so on. It, it can happen to anyone, and I think that's evidence big time by Saturday. So, look, uh, I think they can, you know, take a few positives. They did attack well. They started to get their defensive structures a bit better, and... I think Kavita Kurandrani made a massive, oh yes, um, he was huge, massive difference there. Like, I mean, defensively, he's easily the best defensive outside centre in Australia. So, I think he'll be the one that'll be coming up and starting this weekend if there are any changes, which there should be. But I guess, I guess the only positive can really be is that you know if you stick to the structures, it can sort of fall your way. Yeah. Um, but again. You know, we can't rely on the Kiwis switching off to have any chance of getting up because it was, what was it, 56-6 at one stage or 54-6 at one yeah. stage, you know? Yeah, no, the game's done and dusted at that point. The, the other problem, I guess, you have, Jabor, from an Australian point of view is that um, this was supposed to be the game that could heal all the wounds. And uh, now, after taking that sort of punishment... All the wounds are bleeding. The Western Force, oh, uh, the Western Force are campaigning out a few million dollars <laughs> about suing the Australian Rugby yeah. Union. You're doing a club final on Saturday, and mate, I, I loved you. You posted on Facebook this week, and I and I really loved it. It really resonated with me, and I, and I think it it just explained to me the problem that Australian rugby has. I mean, you're you're a massive club rugby fan, Jay, and you've called a lot of games up in Queensland this year. You had your Queensland final this weekend. Great boisterous mm-hmm. crowd. A lot of fun. It's grassroots of the game. You know, your guys running the game over there have no idea what's going on at club level, have no idea about the groundswell of support, as is evidenced by what we saw at Ballymore and what we're seeing over in Perth at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Change has got to happen at the top, doesn't it? It does. I mean, in, in that Facebook post, I said, you know, to be able to rectify this, the top of Australian rugby is, you know, twisted and broken, but, you know, the grassroots, the foundations are still as strong as ever. So, you know, it's not as if the game is dying. It's just it's just sick and injured and it's not in the place it needs to be, but it doesn't mean that it's, you know, a complete write-off. So, I mean, it's, it's just funny to see. I saw, you know, a video or something the other day of Bill Pulver saying, you know, club... Club rugby is not on par with the Wallabies and nor will it ever be. And that's not the point. That's not the argument we're making. The argument we're making is that there's one game in Australia that is actually working, and that is grassroots footy. That is club rugby. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the only one that's currently working. Super rugby isn't. The Wallabies aren't. So why not look to see what is actually working, see what's actually working for them, and then look to try and implement that change in the higher ups, you know. So. Yeah. Here, here, Jay. It's, that's, that's it's exactly just funny right. to see. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I don't know where they think the next bunch of players are going to come from out of the NRL when they get kicked out of a team, is it? Is that is that what's going to happen? Or we're just going to pick up a couple of boys from Tonga just to uh, fill God, in the God, I field. hope not. Yeah, you know, Curtis Rona played like a busted <laughs> asshole on Saturday. <laughs> 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 you give a guy a day hey, in that game. Hey, he's wow. just dreamed a bit to play. Hey, hey Jayball, he grew up in New Zealand dreaming of wearing the gold jersey, mate. Come on, don't crush him. Don't crush him like Jared Hayne. Yeah, on every every kid, every kid's got to have a dream. Uh, Jay, uh, we go to Dunedin this weekend. Look, um, I know the coverage has been pretty dark over there following that uh, Test match uh, loss in Sydney. But uh, I mean, is there a ray of hope? Is there a sliver? Is there a sliver of something that Wallabies fans can hold on to this week, heading under the roof at Forsyth Bar? Well, I mean, to be brutally honest, I don't really think there is. 
all there is is that there's hope that it can't get much worse. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> it's, oh, and that's and that's. Look, I'm a died, you know, died in the wall you know, supporter. Always will be. But just you've ex- got to be a realist, and you've got to yeah. be able to pinpoint when a game, um, you know, is without. <laughs> not within your reach. But the biggest thing is is that as long as we can see them busting their ass on the field, you know, that's that's easily the most important aspect of it. And you know, that's that's one of the more heartening things is that you do see guys giving it their all, you know, your Adam yeah. Coleman's, even Curtly Bill gave it a red hot crack. At least when you can see that, you know that it's it's not an issue there. It's it's just more some more intangible things really outside of, you know, the rectangle on the park that really is playing a massive part in, I suppose. Good as gold, mate. Well, yep, have a look at that game. You think it can't get any worse. You've just described me looking in the mirror every morning, Jay Boar. So um, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks, thanks for bringing that up. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Jay Staunton out of Brisbane, the king of the brown snake. Follow yeah. him on Instagram and uh, get into some YP threads. Thanks, Jay Boar. Cheers, fellas. Have a good one. Cheers, mate. Yeah, look, it's. Uh, look, I mean, the man's a realist, and that's what I love about him. But he's also a massive fan, yeah. and and this is the problem for Australian rugby right now. Yeah, they've got so much talent, but as soon as it goes up through the grades mm-hmm. into the franchise and to international level, it seems to be so disconnected from what they have going on at, at the local level, at the community level of their game. They have got to find a way. Yeah. And and it it's all very well to sit in a glass house and throw yeah, stones. Yeah, exactly. New Zealand's got its own issues around connectivity with the community game as well. Exactly. But nowhere is it more uh, apparent that they have just dropped the ball than in Australian rugby right now. Well, I don't understand it. I mean, it's it's clear for everyone to see. You know, their grassroots rugby is massive. And mm. is, is someone not actually going to watch these games and seeing what's going on in, in, in grassroots? I mean, you're right. We we have got our own issues here in New Zealand, but at least we've still got, you know, the, the Mitre 10 Cup is feeding out some some spectacular players mm. the Australians just is it, is it from a commercial point of view they're looking at things is it because they're yeah, sort of running know. out of money yeah, I don't know I mean I what what is it you know and that's what they got to get get down to the nitty grit of you know yeah, well, the, sort it out obviously at the top level of the game in Australia rugby union is not even in the conversation no. when it comes to NRL AFL yeah. A league now women's AFL uh, proposed women's NRL netball the taken netball over. competition yeah. which is now supported wholeheartedly by the AFL yeah. clubs yeah you know, rugby union needs to have something. And if it can't compete at that professional level, then surely it's got to look downwards and say, let's build up our base again yeah. and go from bottom up yeah. instead of trying to be hypodermic and say, yeah. let's have success here. You're not yeah. having any. Yeah. You're not getting the broadcast dollars. You yeah. don't get the followers. Yeah. So you can't go top down there at the moment. Yeah. You've got to come back up. Yeah. And that I think that's the issue that frustrates a lot of guys like Jay, a lot of other supporters, a lot of people you talk to in the Australian game. They don't feel like the Board of Australian Rugby has any idea or mm. any connection with what they're doing every Saturday on the footy field or in the club or in the grandstand. Yeah, and connection's the, the one, you know, the one thing that you're talking about. The guys that are actually down there, I suppose, and that's probably the, one of the, the biggest positives about the, the Australian, uh, well, what's going on in Australia, is that they've still got die-hard people, right. die-hard fans Great. like Jay Ball, and that they want the game to be, to be successful. Now, you know, do they need to take a few steps backwards to, to get themselves, you know, back up? Of course they do. They need to come right back down and give themselves some time and rebuild um, rebuild rugby in, in, in Australia. Whether that takes one, two, five years, you know, who knows? But the way they're going at the moment, you know, no one's going to follow, uh, you know, the Wallabies in, in, in two to three years' time if they, yeah. they keep 
producing results like this. And that's a massive shame for me. And uh, it's a nice segue into Bledisloe 2, uh, the second round of the Rugby Championship this weekend. Uh, from a New Zealand point of view, of course, the All Blacks taking on the Wallabies once more at Forsyth Bar Stadium. You're on the short ball with Scotty Stevenson and Mills Mulingaina, a Rugby Pass podcast. This was Australia's opportunity. One in Sydney, one in Dunedin, one in Brisbane. It was their big moment. Yeah. No Auckland, no Eden Park, no, no no win since 1986. None of the hoodoo, none of the drama. This was the, this was the moment. They go under the roof. If there's one consolation about playing under the roof, is that it's open, free-running footy. Yeah. And they've got the back line to do that. Only problem is... The All Blacks have got a guy like Ryan Crotty who is playing <laughs> the house down. Yeah, is he Just, what? I love Ian Foster came out this week, and thank God someone said it, yeah. and said, look, he's more than just a fill-in. Yeah. Uh, we talked about that on Saturday night in the post-match show. Yeah. This kid is playing the house down, Ryan Crotty. He has become the most important member of every back line he plays for. And that's what that's definitely it, Sumo. It's every back line he plays for. You know, when he's been out with the um in the Crusaders lineup when he's had injuries, they don't go too well. When he's been out from the Lions tour, when he sort of went down with his hammy, he was out, what happened? You know, didn't get didn't function as well. Now in, in the weekend he's he was just spectacular. His defensive role um on attack is just adds that extra sort of voice to um to Bowden Barrett and sort of settles things. Now yeah, he's often labelled as the guy that sort of is just a fix-it man. Um, but he's actually gone beyond that, you know. He's actually, um, you know, busting through some gaps, uh, making big hits and turning over ball in crucial times. Now, you know, he, he is, to me, the, the, the best all-black player so far this year. Let's, and let, let's break this down even further. Here's a guy who played his entire Super Rugby campaign at 12, mm. went out there on Saturday night, was the best player on the park at 13. Yeah. I mean, tell me another midfielder at the moment who can so easily switch between those two roles because, as you know, there are differences in what you have to do in both. Oh, massive differences. And the one, th- actually, the one thing that did that did um, sort of stand out to me was that try that um, you know that counter attack try where I can't remember who it was the first try of the of, of the game where it was a kick. And who was back there? You know, it's the centre's jobs to get back and, and get out to the width of, of the park. And now, mm. when they chucked that ball in, the only guy that was that was seemed to be back was Ryan Crotty. Mm. You know, he he and then he went through that line, busted in, and they got some quick ball to enable the guys out wide to, to actually score. And it was Liam Squire that actually benefited from it. And so, hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When, you, when you've got a guy that sort of just does his role every single 
you know, um, match, regardless of whether he's playing 12, 13 or wherever, that's the sort of guys you want in Test match footy because they yep. don't ever make mistakes and they, they live they live for the big time moments and he certainly did on Saturday. Let's talk about the squid, Liam Squire. I'm glad you brought him up. Is this the end for Jerome? Is that it? That sort of commanding performance from a number six, you know, this was Jerome's jersey, has been for a lot of years now, mm. two World Cups in it. Uh, he's obviously had to go home for personal reasons, but Liam Squire, I think, took his opportunity with both hands. Is Jerome Kana now sitting there thinking, oh, this this might be it for me? Well, I think I think the two guys that started for the very first, well, start of the game, you know, Squire and also McKenzie, they both took the opportunities. Mm. You know, they, they took it to another level. You know, Squire has always been great, you know, Possibly, you know, a few years back, was Jerome was similar when he burst into the scenes, you know, ranged out wide, we can beat backs easily. Squire's doing it. So a younger version. And man, was he was he physical on the weekend? He sort of balanced his game up, being physical and also roaming around, but, you know, played a lot like, um, you know, in the outside channels that uh, that Kieran Reid um, predominantly does. So it enabled Rita to get in there, do a little bit more sort of hard, hard graft, which is probably what he he'd been wanting to do. So is it the end of Jerome? I don't think it's quite the end of it, but certainly we've got you know a guy that can easily fill that place and possibly go on to to, to claim that number six jersey, which is good. Great competition, too, Mark. Oh, I agree with that. Hundred uh, percent kicking for the South Africans against Argentina on the weekend. Thirty-seven points. They scored four tries to two against the Argentinians. Uh, they didn't run a lot of meters. And that's the thing that concerns me about this South African performance. Uh, they ran fewer metres than any other team in the TRC, including the team they beat, Argentina. Mm. Uh, it almost seems like it's two steps forward, one step backwards yeah. with the South Africans. Yeah. Uh, they have the talent. They've got the victory. But uh, I, just on running metres alone, I, I do look at that and I think, really? I yeah. mean, you know, ha- have we quite just got over that final hurdle out yeah. of Quitsia's conservatism? Yeah, and that's, I think, um, and when you sort of, um, compare that to the, what the Lions and the Sharks have been doing all, mm. all season. They kind of have. Are they gone back now to being conservative? We all know how well they can. They can actually play that expansive game and run the ball from wherever if they've got the guys to believe in it. Now, now they've gone and you know back being with some of the other guys in a Springbok environment. Are they going conservative just because it's purely Test match? And I hope they haven't. Yeah. And I hope it's just the start and trying to feel their way through the championship. But certainly they can. They can actually play the open game. Do you know, they held onto the ball for 20 minutes. They had 20 minutes in possession, which in, in rugby terms is quite staggering. The average time in possession for both teams combined in a game of footy is about 34, 35 minutes. Sharks. Yes. 20 minutes in that game, they were in charge of that ball for 380 running metres. Yeah, see, that's yeah, that's not much at all. That is, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's great defence, I guess. 133 tackles that the Argentinians made, but by the same token, the South Africans still made 125. So, you know, what are they doing with the amount of ball they had? That's yeah. of concern to me, and it has been for a long time with the Springboks. Yeah, and perhaps because they're playing the Argentinians, you know, similar sort of um, players, you know, big and strong. They, they perhaps wanted to just sort of um, try and win the physical battle. You Did know, they have a cock contest. <laughs> Is they measuring up? Oh, they, this yeah, happens. They, they, this mate, can it happen. does. It does, mate. And perhaps that's that's possibly where they, you know, their tactics went to the fact that let's hold on to the ball and try and bash the crap out of these guys mm-hmm. who think they can play similar style to us. But, but boring. No. But no. Yeah, I agree with that. What do you think? Uh, I mean, is this going to come down to New Zealand, South Africa? Are, are we on the verge? And you know, for all we've just said about. Uh, what we saw from South Africa and maybe the limitations on attack. Is this going to be the year in which the Springbok All-Black rivalry is revived? I think it could possibly be. I, I think it, if, if the, the South Africans 
um, can muster up something, you know, similar to what they've been playing in, in Super Rugby, you know, across all their teams. I mean, you even talk about the Stormers. Mm. You know, they, they were even sort of, um, the, the open play was um, magnificent as well. So nice. between the, the Stormers, the Sharks, um, and, and the Lions, you know, they, they this this could be the year that the Springboks sort of, you know, open up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to them. They're playing in Argentina this week. Um, that's always a difficult place to go and, and, and play for for the Springboks. So, you know, a lot um, you know a lot about how they're going to end up this this year will, will will come down to this game, I reckon. One interesting point, one final point about the opening round of the, the rugby championship: top ten tacklers this weekend. Five of them were Kiwis. Five. Five of the top ten tacklers in the competition and a team that put fifty four points on the opposition were Kiwis. Sam Kane. Made twenty five tackles. Yeah, twenty five tackles. Yeah, that is an insane figure yeah. for anyone. Yeah. Can we stop the discussion about Kane now? Can we <laughs> yeah, just exactly. can we just park it and well, say he's how, a freak? How, how's I mean, how's that? We 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 have just put on how many points against the uh, the Australians? Probably possibly played the best forty or fifty minutes in All Black history. Um, <laughs> it's got to be and up there. it's got to be in the conversation. Not one mention of Sam Kane. <laughs> You know, not one. So what I mean, is, and then you what pull is, out. You what know? is wrong with people with this guy? I mean, yeah. is he just a? Can we just not get over the McCaw? He hasn't. He hasn't got the looks of McCaw. Possibly he needs to take but, that tape off. But Sam Kane needs to go get a helicopter license and an honorary uh, <laughs> yeah. wing commander's role with the four Air Force, yeah. and then he's good to go. Exactly, exactly. He's good to go. Let's move on to the Mitre Ten Cup. You're on the short ball with Millsy and Sumo, and uh, Mitre Ten Cup. Oh, I've got to be honest with you, player of the round for me was a Tasman loose forward called Shannon Frizzell. Carried 20 times in the game against Canterbury in a losing effort. Yeah. Tasman got wiped, melted by the Cantabs. 39 points to nil. Yeah. Uh, but that, to me, is a kid with a big future. Scored in the final last year for Tasman. Uh, he's come back and he looked at goods playing eight for the Marco uh, in a losing effort. Uh, he was mine to watch. What about for you? What stood out for the opening round? Well, obviously, the Tanifars get... Yes! That was uh, pretty impressive, but uh, should we I just spend the next twenty minutes talking about how wonderful Northern rugby is? <laughs> Mate, you just said you won two games in the last what? Yeah, exactly, three or four years. But what a way to win! And mate, we may have lost lots, but we lose beautifully. <laughs> so there's always a no, carry on, Millsy. No, I thought actually uh, I looked because I was watching Southland. I thought uh, Carter Thanga was was uh, very good. Some of the, I mean, in conditions. Like that, the Hawks Bay team were actually, um, to me, I was pretty impressed with, considering they also had someone in the bin. The one thing that did annoy me was how many times they had to reset the damn scrums. Scrums? Scrum oh, issues? Mate, it just bored the crap out of me. I actually felt like sort of turning the other, the, the, you know, switching the channel, but I didn't. You know, so, I, and I suppose it's possibly because I don't know what the heck's going on. But just, if you just, if the Bruce just give a penalty, just who, who cares? Just give it to, you know, I don't know. Just take a big guess. Isn't, that's what they do anyway, isn't it? <laughs> hey? <laughs> isn't it? It's when you it gets too hard, I just give, give, an, Mate, give a penalty. This is the, this is the contest, Millsy. I mean, don't you love the old school nature of a scrum contest? I mean, doesn't it thrill you standing at the back all those years, thinking about reset after reset, having to rechange your backline call every time the scrum went oh, down? Yeah. Mate, the, what, all I, and all I hear from the ref is make the gap smaller. And then all of a sudden it's a bit bigger. <laughs> You know, it's like someone's not binding, and then I mean, how, how do you, how can you actually tell who's done something wrong there from, you know, from a, a collapsed scrum? Oh, I don't know, but the referees obviously think they've got a handle on. I want to talk about one player, one more player while we're on the Mitre Ten Cup, and don't forget Ramfilly Shields on the line this week, uh, the first official Ramfilly Shield challenge of the year, Otago 
taking on Canterbury. Canterbury. They're going to get hammered. Who? Uh, Otago. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that, actually, that was, that Sorry. was their North Harbour game. Oh, man, that was... You yeah, said it was, it was yuck. Sh- you said it was shit. It, it was yuck. Yeah. Uh, Asafo Almua, the New Zealand under-20s hooker. Did, did you watch him on Sunday? No, I didn't. The, you should have. In fact, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going to get you highlight tape of oh. Asafo Almua. He leads the competition in try assists. <laughs> Two of them against Manawatu in a winning effort. Try of his, uh, uh, he should have scored a couple it's, of tries yeah. on his own, but he's not a hungus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid must have put together about 800 running metres yeah. on his own. Can you picture Kevin Mialamu breeding with Dane Coles and creating a super hooker baby? This is him. That's him. And he's coming to the Blues too, isn't he? Mm. Oh, yeah. Damn. This this is a kid who has to sit behind three hookers at the Hurricanes. Can't even get a crack at the Canes. And his first game back for Wellington this year. Remember on his debut last year he scored a hat trick. Then he goes to the under twenties, lights it up, wins the World Cup, comes back, opening game of the season. This season he is on fire. Yeah. And that that's what that's what's sort of exciting about the Mighty Team Cup. Yeah. You know, the guys that sort of have already had a taste, you know, all of a sudden they get another year and they just sort of you actually try and see whether they sort of bolster and sort of push on I mean, and then you sort of mix it up with a few other guys in their first years and all of a sudden it's a man it's a damn good um, competition I'll tell you that Sumo well I just, you know what I love it and uh, there's always something freaky that's going on there's always a great play there's always some great rivalries uh, 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 I say it time and time again year after year it is the one place you can let your hair down and actually just celebrate footy mm. none of the pressure of the franchise code none of the media scrutiny of international game yeah it's pure rugby, isn't it? It is pure, and you're probably possibly seeing a lot of the super rugby players, and you know also some of the All Blacks that are coming back from injury. You know, Nihi Milner Scudder played in the weekend. You know, they enjoy it a little bit, a little bit more. You know, there's there's not that sort of uh, I wouldn't say burden, or sort of weight on their shoulders to have to, you know, do something. They just go out there and just sort of have have a bit of fun. You know, so it's fantastic. Quick fire for you. Game starts uh, 24th of August. That's tomorrow night, New Zealand time. I'm going to go through, give you the names. You're going to pick a winner. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do this in 15 seconds. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, one. South and Harbour. South and Bay of Plenty, Hawke's Bay. Hawke's Bay. Waikato Counties. Waikato. Wellington, Taranaki. Wellington. Auckland, Northland. Uh, the Tanifa. Yeah, boy. Two Tasman. Uh, 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 and Canterbury Otago Ranfilly Shield oh mate Canterbury bro I think it's Can- yeah, Canterbury See, look how you hate it you hate saying Crusaders you hate saying Canterbury this is like this is like mate, the worst season for you ever if you rewind this camera I do not hate it <laughs> you hate saying I, it I even hate it <laughs> <laughs> we're going to move on we'll save the best to last on the short ball today the Women's Rugby World Cup Black Ferns will take on England the final everyone thought would be the final yeah uh, Black Ferns trailed the US in the semi-final this morning. Uh, I don't think the end score, though, uh, really reflects the US's effort. Uh, mm. Too easy for the Ferns, ultimately. Meanwhile, it was tenser than a body sculptor's oh. butt cheek in the other f- semi between <laughs> England and France. My God, oh. what a game. 3-0 at halftime. What is it? I thought, is that Frenchies, eh? They, they had the yep. knack of sort of knocking that's off it. the bloody favourites, eh, in the World Cups. That's oh. it. England gets through. They sneak through to uh, face the Black Ferns. Uh, I, look, if this was a game based on pure individual skill, mm. the Black Ferns win this game. Yeah. But as we saw in June, England's set piece is going to be the biggest concern for the Black Ferns. If they can get control of possession yeah. 
and they can dictate the tempo of the game, this is still going to be a massive ask for the Black Ferns. Doesn't matter how many tries they've scored, how wonderful they've played, mm. it's going to come down to rolling malls and scrums and lineouts. Yeah, and, and the tries they have scored has been because of, of, uh, they've dominated up front, but the the English four pick they are massive and they know they know how to more they know how to sort of scrum and so. You know, if they can get parity up there, which I, I, I you know, I suspect the the girls would have been thinking about that Rotorua game a long time ago. That's all they've you know? thought about, and that's all they've sort of wanted. So, you know, there's no doubt they're going to have motivation going into this game to, to actually get parity up up front. And if they can do that, man, you know, it's nothing better than seeing like Portia Woodman and Co. sort of scoring tries out wide. This really is, uh, to me, the first uh, Women's Rugby World Cup that has had the benefit of such a wide-reaching social media platform to boost its profile. Mm. Uh, and what I have seen has been nothing short of a transformation in the game. I mean, we've always seen wonderful women's players, but this has been three weeks of endless highlight reels yeah. showing just how far the skill development in the women's yeah. game has come uh, and just how intense the competition has become. Look, I know there's been some blowout scores, as there always are in World Cups, yeah. men's or women's, but this has been a high-energy, high-tempo, beautifully-played World Cup, and, and I think this should be really the marker now for the future of the women's game. If they cannot boost the game off the back of what we have seen in this World Cup mm. and we've got a massive problem and we've got a massive problem of will, not of talent. Yeah, exactly, Suma. And I think that the talent that you're saying, I mean, the skill level has been amazing. I mean, yeah. not just, um, I suppose, you know, the, the catch pass and things, but they're actually kicking goals from 40 or 50 metres out, some of these women, and I'm just like, far out. That's You know, this game has just transferred to something different. So mm. you're absolutely right. If, is, I mean, if they can, um, you know, sort of build from this, uh, then I think the, the the women's game is just going to grow, you know, massively. And at the moment, you know, we, all we're talking about the women's game growth wise is sevens. Yeah. But if they can they can, they can get this right and they have they've started that, then fifteens is just going to be huge. So here's this conversation that we had during the Lions and uh, riding for rugby pass. You know, what would be wrong with the Lionesses tour concurrently? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that gets shot down because people say, oh, there's no money, there's no sponsorship, there's no hunger what? for it. You've got six nations currently at the moment for women in the game, and, and although the English women are going through their own professional contracting nightmare with mm. the RFU, uh, at least that's up and running. Yeah. Nothing like it in the Southern Hemisphere. No. Uh, no concurrent super rugby competition, no concurrent rugby championship for women, nothing, yeah. nothing. Yeah, that's and, disappointing, and, and eh, that can, is. Can, I, cannot, I cannot believe for a second... And the billions and billions of dollars invested in women's advertising and women's products, that there is not a hunger to be a key sponsor of women's rugby. rugby. I, I cannot believe that. Yeah. If you are telling me that there is no money and that there is no hunger for it, then you're not looking hard enough. No. Because there has got to be. Yeah. If some of the teams in the men's game can get sponsorship and they play <laughs> like a bag of assholes, then the women playing at this level of the game yeah. should be able to be sponsored, should be able to find cash, should be able to find an audience. Well, exactly. I mean, if you have competitions like that that are sort of, you know, beside each other, why couldn't you do that? You have a Lions tour, you have the, the women's playing the curtain raiser, and you, and you line that up the same way you would the championship. Now, why? that's, and, that's marketing. That's, and let's just say double header. Let's get away yeah. from the curtain raiser full stop. Yeah, exactly. You know? double, double header. That's that's a good way to put it, actually, as well. So, I mean, from a marketing point of view, that's huge, you know. And you sort of lead into the the, the, the build up the whole the whole sort of both games. And why why wouldn't why couldn't you do that? Well, AFL's doing it. 
NRL wants to do it. In fact, they've lost sponsors because they haven't gone fast enough on it. Oh. The netball competition in Australia is being run, as we spoke to JB, uh, uh, by AFL clubs. Mm. Everyone else in the professional game in this part of the world is looking for ways to attract and support women playing and yeah. participating in their club environments. I know we've got the Farrah Palmer Cup, God bless it, yeah. but where is our international equivalent of the Six Nations in the Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, I mean, it would be a different story if we didn't have the, it didn't have enough numbers you know, but we 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 have. You Please. know, we've got plenty of numbers Please. here. So and when and also, we're not, I mean, we're not just talking news just in New Zealand. I mean, the Australians are there as well, South Africans. Um, so I mean, there's there's plenty of participation numbers, which is something that's uh, often in the past you didn't have. Dare to dream, Millsy. That'll do it for now. That's the short ball for another week. Uh, don't forget, catch all the rugby championship action. Hope you got your rugby pass fantasy team up and running as well. Millsy, we don't want to talk about ours. We got dusted up on the weekend, yeah, by the way. Just yeah, no. I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't mention no, that. No, I just don't want to do it anyway. Catch all the action every single minute live on rugbypass.com. <laughs>